Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Happy Friday, everyone. I am back from my little sabbatical to North Carolina. So I know that kind of messed with Tuesday's show a little bit, but thank you for those of you that made the shift over to Zoom. But I'm back home now in the home office, back to my studio. All is good. Wired internet. And we're going to have a great show for you. So first off, we're going to talk about the grind gear. I know the warm weather is coming, depending on what part of the country you live in. It's already here. It was quite nice in North Carolina. But we got the grind gear, and it's shutupandgrindgear.com. Sales are actually picking up quite nicely, so I appreciate the support. It helps the channel grow. And also, my group on Facebook, Speak About Yourself Out Loud. If you need, if you do any types of presentations, any types of speaking, if you're on podcasts, or if you're looking to just become a more confident speaker, we address that in this group. The direct link is speakaboutyourself.com, and you can join that group. And that's all I have for that. So this is episode number 76. And we're going to cover a, a, wide, a wide range of topics, I feel, with, with this. We're going to talk about diversity in the workplace. Um, we're going to talk about leadership, about workplace environment, culture. So we're going to talk about, about a lot of stuff because you guys know it's all about overcoming obstacles. And a lot of times in the workplace, you can encounter a lot of obstacles. So it's not always about things personally within you. So the external environment can also lead to a major obstacle that you have to overcome. So we're going to talk about that. And as you guys know, I scoured the globe looking for the brightest, most articulate and the experts in the field. I messed that up, but I made it sound good. Right. So who do I have coming on here to help me with this conversation? I will gladly tell you. 
day. She has a passion for leadership, entrepreneurship, and helping people thrive. She's a CEO, she's a facilitator, a consultant, a workshop leader, a writer, and a speaker. She's talented, right? And she is a number one Amazon best-selling author of the book, F the Glass Ceiling. Use your imagination, you know what the F means. And it, which discusses how to start at the top and stay there as a feminine entrepreneur. So please welcome to the show, Mandy Kavanaugh. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? It's forget the glass ceiling. That's what the F stands for. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. That, that's not what I saw on the book cover, but okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, for taking, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join the show. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, we got people laughing already. See, they're laughing already. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as I ask all the guests that come on the show, 60 seconds or less, who is Mandy? Ooh, I am. Ooh, I'm a mom. And I am a spiritual person. I'm here connected to source. I'm here doing God's work. And that is to assist people in achieving their highest outcomes. I'm a visionary. Um, I like to strategize. I like to activate visions. Um, I like to tap into people's imagination. And um, I like to make things better at a systemic level. So, yeah, I think that's how nice. I get here. Yeah, is um, what I was seeing. You know, I like solving big, seemingly unsolvable problems at the systemic level. And that's what nice. I do. That's what I love doing. Yeah. Love it. So were, were you always a visionary? Yes. Even when I was very small. Yeah. So when, when did you discover it? Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's a great, I mean, for sure, you know, in high school is it got solidified. Cause I, I looked around and said, this high school, it was a five, a big high school. And I said, this, this place could be running a little bit better. And I ran for student body president and I made a bunch of changes. The teachers loved it. The first thing we did was acknowledge and appreciate the teachers and the administration yep. for the work that they do. And that got a lot of cooperation because it was real appreciation. And, and then we collaborated, the student body collaborated and we did, we made some really cool changes. So that was my experience. And then I got to have like a group of 30 students that we could do whatever we wanted. So we, we sat, I mean, for an hour a day, I had them in a class and we created all these new projects and our goal was to raise student morale yes. and and um, increase connection between the staff and the students. And we did it and we, we did it in the black. We didn't even ask for any money. We raised our own money. So it was fun. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yes. Like, like I'm a visionary as well. Like people would... I'd say going back then, people would say I was more of a rebel, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I just have an issue with things that don't make sense. So, you know, I'm working, working in a restaurant and just looking at how things are set up. And it's like, wouldn't it make more sense if that was here, if this was here, then we wouldn't have to keep crossing over yeah. each other. Right. It's like, doesn't that make sense? So, so, yeah. um, all right, so you were a you were a visionary. So what did you what did you see yourself doing as a career choice back in high school? Well, before I took biology, I wanted to be a neurologist because I really wanted to change the way people think. Because I think I okay. noticed that's that's what was number one and why things were effed up. You know, <laughs> people think about it. I would hear what people would say, and and I thought, oh, that's the brain. Because back then we thought the mind was in the brain, and 
<clears throat> and so I, I thought, well, I want to be a doctor because I can really help people. And I just put it together in my, my limited perspective. And I said, I want to be a neurologist. And and so I went to a biology class and did terribly. And then I did terrible in, mm. in um, chemistry. So I ended up, okay, what am I going to do? Then it was like, holy crap, I just need to find something where I can make some money because I didn't want to be struggling for money. I wanted to be, I worked at a yacht club yeah. and I was a cocktail waitress and a lifeguard. And I would hear the people having conversations, they were so much happier than what my parents were having at home, which was like financial struggle and pressure and, and a lot of things like that. So I said, well, if I can be in a, and what they were having conversations about <clears throat> at this uh, club that I worked, they were having conversations about business and they were so kind and so nice to each other and sweet and generous to me. And I thought that's the vibe. That's that's what I want. I want to be a business person. So I ended up majoring in business and yeah, which applies. That sounds kind of boring, but you know, you could do anything. If you say, I want to be an entrepreneur, you could do, you could find your passion, but commercialize it. So I learned how to be a CEO in college and I learned how to commercialize ideas. Yeah. You know, that's, that's that out of all the things you can learn as a CEO, that's the thing that, you know, like creating livelihoods or, <clears throat> you know, how to 10x your income, stuff like that. So I'm always looking at the leverage of a situation. Yeah, that, that's that, that's amazing. See, and and I don't find that boring at all. I find that fascinating because I was actually having a discussion with someone earlier today about people, people who struggle financially or like if they're from a family of financial struggles, chances are that struggle is going to get passed down to the next generation until someone breaks the cycle. You know, yeah. so it's like you you could have kept that trend going, but you didn't want that. Like you wanted a different direction. So you, mm -hmm. you broke you broke the cycle. You figured out what you wanted to do. You educated yourself the way you needed to and you made it happen. It's like that's yeah. that's the essence of what this show, show yeah. is about. Uncovering yeah. those stories of people saying, all right, I can stay in this hamster wheel or I can change it. OK, you know, so. No, you know, my parents didn't have that mentality, but damn it, I'm going to have it. Well, the mentality that my parents had, in fairness, is they they put me through college and, you know, they worked really hard. They worked really hard at the yeah. time to give me um, and my brother an education. And, and I mean, it wasn't easy. So, yeah. you know, they kind of I, I give them credit for breaking the cycle because they said, this okay. is what we'd like you to do. And they put that thought in my head that I was okay. I was going to have to do that. And I, I love that about my parents. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Like with, with me, I was born in New York city that was raised up here in Rhode Island, you know, cause my, my dad, like I'm one of seven kids. So, you know, you know, just my dad knew if, you know, if we stay here, you know, it's not going to be the best environment for us. So he actually moved up here. I think it was like six or seven months before the rest of us did. He came up here, got a job, got a house, put everything in, in place. And went back to, to New York and got all of us. And then we moved up here, you know, just better. Yes, school, our, our parents, better area. our <laughs> parents, they hustled, they did what they needed to do, you know? So I think it takes two generations to break that cycle. Yeah. At some point, somebody's going to have to hustle. You know, it's not all about ease and, you know, always. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that that was great. And then you said that you wanted you wanted to learn to change the way people think. And ironically, this is what what I do now. But like, I actually dropped out of college three times because the majors I picked all went through psychology, 
and yeah. I and I didn't want to mess with how people think. And now pretty much all I do is mindset training and you know just coaching and everything is all in the mind now. So it all it all you just didn't want to look at the neurons. Time. You didn't yeah. want to look at the dendrites and the neurons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but what but what fascinated you about that about the way people think? I would, it just. I, I, that's an interesting question. What fascinates me about how people think it's, it's like, I saw a consistency between somebody's conversations when they would say things out loud, like, let's just take, we're talking about family, my grandmother, you know, or I would hear people say things and it would line up with what they, what their world looked like, you know, like their worldview. And then you could look around what they had created in their lives and it was very consistent. And so mm-hmm. I kind of made that correlation and I thought, okay, and as I mentioned, working at the um, being around those business people for those summers in college and like in high school and, you know, looking at the worldview and looking at their outer world. And so that's what that's what had me. This is before anybody was talking about, you know, before Anthony Robbins and all these every everybody the secret, everybody that's talked about how your thinking affects your reality. This I was just noticing that, you know. Yeah. And so and the other thing, too, is. um humanity I saw as being really separation based, like, you know, whether it was genders, races, ages, uh, countries and things like that. And I read a book in college called The Ugly American, and I learned about ethnocentrism and and things like that, which is really interesting. So it, it opened up my world a little bit to see, you know, to be able to have an appreciation for the things that people have gone through and that <clears throat> there are multiple ways of looking at a thing, you know, yeah. <clears throat> like in the U.S., we say we're the greatest country in the world. Well, what's the point of saying that? You know, let's look at we're we're a great country to the extent that we are. We still have work to do. And there are other great things. <clears throat> excuse me. There are other great things about other countries as well. Yes. So, you know, why don't we say we're great at this and you're great at this and let you know. So it's more inclusive. And, it, and this is why, you know, I'm, I'm interested in diversity. I'm not an expert at diversity. I have talked and written about the masculine feminine thing because I personally went into my masculine high performance for many years. It affected my health, relationships, everything. And then I flipped over into feminine high performance. And then I had been working with these Fortune 500 companies and I saw they were really committed to diversity, talking specifically about gender because that's my area. Yeah. Um, and and I saw that and I read the research, the McKinsey report came out, women at work or something like that. And um, some I think it was like four or five years ago. And I said, wow, they, they don't see it. They don't see what's causing women to drop out. You know. So anyway, I I've always looked at things more holistically from different angles, you know, or attempt to. Yes. And it, it can kind of drive you crazy a little bit because your your mind goes all the time. You know, and there's it's. Sometimes it looks more relaxing to just settle on a viewpoint <laughs> and, you know, just mm-hmm. like, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And I'm always like, well, what about this? And what about this? So, yes. Anyway, uh, people's thoughts are generated by their experiences and their belief systems. Right. And then we have to step outside those programs. And we're more free when we step outside those programs, if we can recognize them as programs and how we how we determine how we notice what our belief systems really are is look at how we feel. There's nothing wrong with a belief system. Like I what if I have a belief system that I'm going to let's say I'm in business and I say I make people wealthy and I get paid. That's one of my mantras. 
I help make people wealthy and I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great belief system. I take that on. My world's going to organize around that. And it has. Yeah. So I'm not criticizing belief systems, but the ones that are limiting are lies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there. There are lies until people step into it, I feel, because yes. there are some people that they're just stuck in yeah. their in their belief system and their actions show that. You know, yeah. like when I'm working with with people on becoming better speakers, they I was working with this one woman and uh, she's like, I'm petrified about speaking on on camera. I said, all right. I said, so I need three videos a day, one minute each on various topics. And she's like, I just told you I'm petrified about speaking on camera. Like, how, how else are we going to teach you to do it? You have to turn on the camera and do it. <laughs> you know? so, and so if you stay in that belief system. It's never going to change. And now she started a podcast. I think she's done six or seven episodes so far, and, she, and she's doing great with it. But we had to switch that from the I can or I'm afraid to, to I can and I will improve. Yes, just get better with each video and you'll be fine. Yeah, I choose to make this fun and easy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. All right, so from from here... So now out of out of college, what was your first job? Sales. Sales. Fortune 500 company. I, I, I had 90 stores in a territory in Southeast Texas, Houston area. Mm -hmm. And I was in a company car and yeah. I got I got in my car every day and visited different stores to help increase market share of the products that I was selling. Okay. You know, back then it was like shelf space in a grocery store. So it wasn't oh, all decided yeah. at the corporate level. So I would go in and move shelving, you know, move things around and try to get as many facings as possible. So yes. it, it was, it was me and my company car dropping in talking to, it was the grocery industry. So I would go in and talk to store managers and you can hear my voice when I talk about it. I kind of go flat. <laughs> oh yeah. But I did, Cause I, it, it didn't light me up at all. Cause yeah, it, was, yeah. it was doing the same thing over and over. I wasn't solving any problems. Yeah, it totally showed because when you were talking yeah. about the last one, your whole demeanor was completely yeah. different. And yeah. then, you know, I mentioned that so, you completely flat. <laughs> so that's one of the things that you know I teach, or I've been trained to to lead workshops on noticing what lights people up, and that I just feel myself now. I'm trained, but at first, when somebody first introduced, what do you mean you don't light up on that? Well. I couldn't, I didn't even notice my energy going up and down in the course of a conversation. And now I just like, Oh, can we talk about something? I mean, I, I appreciate that job because it taught me a lot. Yes. But I just noticed when I describe it, I go flat. Yes. Yeah. When I'm helping people just piece together their inner stories or yeah. if they, if they want to speak and they're not sure what topic they want to speak on, I just start asking questions and then you can tell when you, when you light up, Right, your posture increases, your face glows, you know, the smile is like you could tell it's not a forced smile. I'm like, that right there, that yeah. is your topic. Because that's, that's what you're that's what you're aligned on, mind, body, spirit. That yeah. that's what you are, that's what you're most likely to succeed doing. Absolutely. See, and typically it's something that you wanted to be doing all along. Yeah. Exactly. And that that's why I start this with like, you know, what did you want to do when you were younger? Because mm -hmm. typically it comes full circle. You yeah. Know? So like why did you give yourself permission? So the next step after seeing what lights you up is to give yourself permission to have that and not even figure and not figure out how. Yeah. 
It's true. Don't worry about the how. Just yep. can you can you allow it? Can you give yourself permission to have that outcome? To have yes. that fear. Yes. Give so permission to be a successful podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Monday, this past Monday, I was in North, North Carolina and I went zip lining. Now I wasn't planning on it. it. Just in the hotel, you know, there was a brochure and it caught my eye. So I was like, zip lining. All right, I'll go. And That's so awesome. So I get there. Now, I'm not afraid of heights, but this was 360 feet in the air, right? So, so I get up there. So I was the only one solo, and then there were two two couples there. And so I was like, all right, I'll go first. And so I get up there. The guy's like, all right, ready? Go. Poof, and off I went, right? So I get all the way across. Now, the other two couples come down, and one of the guys was like, dude, he's like, you didn't even hesitate. He's like, you just jumped. <laughs> I said, because on the other end of that fear is fun. <laughs> you know, so like I'm not gonna waste time looking down. I'm not gonna waste time inching forward. I just grabbed it and went. <laughs> you know, wow. so, and so you know, had to do. I I even I I really just I so appreciate what you just said. On the other side of fear is fun because I I am somebody that would stand there and think about it, and just that hesitation and fear kind of detracts from the fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Wow, <laughs> great. Thank you. Good. Yeah, I just wanted to, to share that because it was relevant because a lot of people, they have things that they want to do, but they're worried about all the what ifs. Like, mm -hmm. I, should, I should say all the negative what ifs. And, yeah. then I, and I always remind people, like, well, what if it doesn't work? Like, what if it does? You know, like, what if I lose all my money? What if you triple it? Yeah. What I've been playing with lately is, and some wise person told me to coach me on this, is is to focus on the next thing, like be present in the moment and focus on the next step instead of yes. being five to 10. Cause I talked about being a visionary and being five to 10 years out. Yeah. And so what I'm playing with now and it's really working is if I'm aligned and I just focus on the next action and really kind of like you were on the zip line, you were, yeah. you were on that. You weren't thinking about anything else. So nope. if I bring that, <clears throat> if I bring that to the next thing, and bring all of my joy to that and all of my <clears throat> alignment, um, then things will appear. Synchronicity is like an operating system, right? So things yes. will kind of appear. And so that's what I've been having fun with lately. It's just nice. the next action. And anytime that I've ever done anything amazing, that's how I did it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like it, and yeah, like and people ask me, they're like, you know, so you you're a solopreneur i'm like yeah they're like so you're, you're running your gym you know you're, you're speaking in these virtual summits like and you're hosting a podcast four days a week they're like isn't that a lot of work i said yeah it is and i said but i get to meet amazing people <laughs> like i get to make connections a lot of the people that are on this show i've gotten referred from like a previous guest and they're like oh yeah i need to set you up with so-and-so but it's like I get to meet. So, yeah, I have to manage the schedule. I got to make the graphics and, and all the other stuff. And in addition to everything else I do, but it's well worth it. You know, it's like, again, you can you can tell I enjoy doing this. I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. All right. So when did you start getting into the diversity training part? Well, I started a company. Um it's a commodity, you know, industry like accommodations. And so I was working with a team in Texas, but working on six continents. And uh, I had gotten a couple of coaching certifications. One was high performance leadership. Another one was conscious language and outcome facilitation. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so <clears throat> I, I got that company up and running. 
And then I would go do consulting, like turnaround consulting. And so in the context of all those things, I just noticed some things. I got to work in different organizations as a supplier in my own organization and then as a consultant. Actually, let me let me back let me back you up one second. Yeah. All right. So what made you start that company? Oh, it was uh just it was one of the workshops that I attended and and they said, you know, I was so I, I left that sales job we talked about. I went to yeah graduate school. I got an MBA and a master's in hospital administration, healthcare administration. Okay. And I went to work in hospitals. I was like, I'm just going to be a hospital CEO that I, there's this way. I know I can like have some really rewarding work. And as you know, or some of your listeners might know the healthcare system is kind of broken in some ways. You know? Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, Oh, I have to wait and speak when I'm spoken to. And Oh, they don't want to change. They just want to, you know, see how many heads they can get in beds. And so I, I said, all right. So I went to this workshop and they told me I light up on um, certain things. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it was. So. <laughs> they said, you light up on telling people what to do. I said, oh, great. <laughs> so said, That's great. You're going to be the boss. So you need to start your own company or, you know, you could start your own company. I, I, don't, I didn't never, I never thought about that. Yeah. So I ended up uh, quitting my job, starting a company. I knew I wanted real estate related. So I started a corporate housing company and I wanted it to be business to business. So it is, it's business to business. And I was in that, you know, government contractor working with these companies. And, and so fast forward as a female business owner, I was invited to some diversity programs because, you know, they give, I guess, special treatment to female owned businesses, which is kind of interesting, but um, it was great. I, I learned a lot in those programs, but I also saw the, the real commitment of these companies to bring more women into leadership. And over time, slowly, it just started being revealed to me what the problem was, like what was preventing it from happening, just reading the research and then experiencing things in my own company. Yeah. And so um, it just, <clears throat> it's really that we are looking at male and female versus masculine and feminine. Mm. And that businesses, the structures of most businesses are set up around uh, a masculine high performance blueprint. And there is a little bit of a difference. Now it doesn't matter if you're male or female, if you're a feminine figure, you know, there's a certain kind of high performance looks a certain way that might be a little bit different. I mean, there's distribution curves, you know, and there's overlap, but I'm talking about the average feminine figure and the average masculine figure. Like I have a masculine CEO, a male, a guy is a CEO in my company and we, take into account, or at least I, I know I do for sure, take into account the fact that I'm looking through a feminine lens and he's looking through a masculine lens. Otherwise we would butt heads a lot more than we do. Yeah. And we, and so I just learned some things over, you know, observed some things. And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and speak up about this. This is not what I thought I was going to end up doing, but I'm going to go ahead and speak up about this in my book, which is, encouraging feminine figures to start businesses so that they can build the business around themselves, that the business can work for them instead of the other way around, because pressure is a physical thing and feminine figures feel things differently. My son's yes. a football player. My daughter's a volleyball player. You put my daughter on a football field, it's not going to go well. I mean, <laughs> you know, my son gets into it, you know, like four quarters, he's an offensive, he was an offensive lineman. He comes off the field, he's all lit up. I mean, I'd be curled up in the corner after one play. Let's get real. <laughs> yeah. That's reality. And it's not just size and, and body strength. It's, it's energy, you know, sensitivity, like how much a person feels. Yeah. And so how do you get a person who can feel a lot 
a feminine figure, a very feminine figure to be a leader. You don't, not in our current situation. They don't, they don't make it. In fact, research shows they don't even make it to the first level of management. So you have to value the feminine in order to have feminine figures rise into leadership. And you have to value that at the highest, to me, it has to be valued at the highest level of an organization, not, not in, not in the spirit of fairness, but in the spirit of high performance. Like if I'm running a big company, I don't have a feminine voice at the table. I'm not going to do well in the current reality because women can, feminine figures can sense things. They are holistic thinkers. They see uh, what, what can go wrong a lot more frequently. And there's a lot, we don't have to get into the the description of masculine and feminine at the highest level, unless you'd like to, but that, that's Absolutely. what I, okay. Well, that, that's what I saw. And, and, you know, women, um, feminine leaders. Now, if you go into a fortune 500 company and you look at the top, you know, 3% of female leaders, they might occur to you as a little bit different from what I'm talking about, because there are some of us, I, I think it's about 3% who can embody a masculine energy. I'm one of them and have done it in the past. Yeah. Um, and, and they are sitting at the top of those organizations. Some of them, I'm not saying all of them are masculine, but it, it looks to me like they have the ability to definitely kind of embody that masculine energy for and su- over a sustained period. Yes. Um, but only what I think it goes up and down. So we hover around 3% of fortune 500 CEOs are, are female. Um, and they continue companies continue to, to try to figure this out. So what I say is that, you know, you, you bring a balance of masculine and feminine perspective to the organization. You're going to have to seek that out, not just, you know, not just counting the vaginas. I mean, give me a break. You know what I mean? You're going to, you're going you're gonna to promote the most masculine females you can, if that's all you're doing. If you aren't recognizing the perspective and the energy of masculine and feminine, this starts, if we go into that, it starts to sound almost kind of spiritual or esoteric or something like that like the divine feminine or the divine masculine. I don't care how you talk about it. There's a thing there, you know, and anybody who's had a daughter and a son knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yep. <laughs> on, a- on average. Now there are some sons that swing over to the feminine side and vice versa. And I'm, I'm just for, for convenience. Um, and I apologize if I'm offending anybody, but I am talking about the energies. Yeah. So. I'm um, like offending people. Speak, yeah. Speak it's it's my intention to use um, generalizations only for the purpose of efficiency in a conversation and not to yeah. exclude anyone. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, like my my thoughts on that, they're they're pretty much in line with what with what you're saying. Is let me use the education system as an example. Is you know people receive information differently, you know people process information differently. But yet you have one teacher teaching the same to everyone. And I'm not blaming the teacher, you know, so I just want to make, make that clear. I'm not blaming the teacher. Yeah. But, but you know, not like I said, not everyone re- receives info the same way. And I, and I feel that's the same. When, when I was a younger manager, well, I kind of ruled with an iron fist. You know, it's like I became, I became a general manager of a restaurant pretty young. I was like 20 or 21, I want to say. And so I had that young, fresh testosterone energy about me, where it's like, I'm the boss, do what I said because I said it. I didn't care who I stomped on. I didn't care who I made, made cry, you know, but like, I didn't understand about like the, the major personality types. Like I, I didn't get it at first. 
until I had a talk with my my boss back in 1994, was just telling me about you know your work performance is good, your work ethic is unmatched, and and all this other stuff, your your dedication, your loyalty. He's like, but the way you speak to people, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he, yeah. he's like, you have a definite ceiling until you change yeah. that, you know. So and, when and I did that, it makes sense. There are different kinds of high performance for masculine and feminine with a lot of overlap, but, but mm. there are some diversity. Let's it's instead of saying the word differences, let's say diverse uh, expressions. And there are also weaknesses. And I'm, I'll just, I'll just mention this and this will clear things up. Uh, I think quite a bit what I've noticed and I've noticed this in my company and governments and, you know, I've been to like some really, really conservative countries Um with, that are more, you know, they value the masculine perspective a lot more in government, things like that. Yeah. Um, so what I notice is that if you're in a business and you have, like, I have these, these account executives in my company and they're filled currently with females. Now what they'll do is they'll take on more than they can kind of handle. They'll, they'll take on as much as they can handle. I mean, they'll work, they'll take calls in the middle of the night. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of take it in. Like I'd rather do it myself than train somebody else how to do it. I'm just going to get through this. Um, You know, I'm going to be available and it'll start to impact maybe their, their lives, their health, things like that. They'll let it get to that point. Yeah. um, Without asking for more team members, they may not ask, they might, they might not say, I need another, I need help. I want to delegate more. A male will ask for more staff immediately. And he'll, he'll delegate a lot more. Now you might say, well, that's going to cost the company more. And, you know, I'd rather have females cause they're, they're, they're typically better at multitasking. Better multitask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm trying to walk on in little eggshells here, but, uh, but what I would say is that the upside is that, you know, the feminine figure is going to get it done. You just know, like you can sleep at night knowing she's going to get it done. There won't be any like, well, I need a bigger team or I didn't get it done because whatever the masculine figure will ask for more support and it might cost more. But also if you want to grow a company quickly, you can't have a bunch of people sitting around being indispensable because what will happen is you try to bring in more business and you can't, you can't, it's like a sponge that's full of water. Feminine leaders often operate like a sponge that's full of water and you can't pour any more water into that sponge. They let it get to that point. Masculine guys like, there's something wrong with this division. Everybody, you know, I need it. I need an admin. I need this. And then you give it to them and it costs more, but the paradox is you can grow because you're scalable. And so I grapple with this a lot. You know, I mean, on the other hand, men and corporations I've heard have a culture of overwork. Um, they're more likely to miss the kids' soccer games and things like that. I don't have a, I'm talking about my company where I can see the strengths and weaknesses of the feminine versus the masculine. So like, I have to tell, um, I have to tell my masculine leaders and I don't, I don't walk around seeing them as their, their gender, but I do have to say, listen to her, look at her. She may not be telling you she needs help, but look, and we've got to put somebody under her, whether she likes it or not to learn what she does because she can't be miss. You know, I take care of everything. So, You know, we've got to grow. We, I, I talk to the masculine guys about making it scalable. Yeah. Because because feminine high performance is kind of not as scalable, but it it's very positive in some other ways. Yeah. So 
as far as the the walking on eggshells part, I mean, if you're sharing, if you're sharing your experience, yeah. share your experience, share yeah. your thoughts, share your opinions. Like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with having a take. Like, people know I have no problem saying that I don't hire men. I I don't. So, like, I, I don't hire men. I work with females because yeah. females just work better. Right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying they are better. I'm saying they work they better. Depends they, on what you just, that, but... well, well, yeah, yeah. For, for what I need, you know, mm-hmm. for what I need. Cause with guys, guys have, we have our own opinions. If a, if a guy's another alpha, now we got two alphas in the mix, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, and, and sometimes had, it just doesn't work. I had a C- I had three female CEOs. I mean, CFOs, three female CFOs. And that my accounting department is the biggest department in my company. And um, there would always be this personnel drama, always stuff going on. I would be listening to this happening, not drama, but just things, you know, like it was like an HR department instead of an accounting department. And um, I put a masculine figure, not on purpose. It just ended up, I hired the next person was, this this is over 25 years. I've been doing, doing, um, I've had, had the company for 25 years. A masculine figure sits in the chair. The, comp- the the accounting department doubled in size or tripled even. And he is, there's an obliviousness to the masculine where it bounces off. You know what I mean? They don't, he doesn't take it all in. I mean, he can report to me what's happening, but it's so matter of fact. Yeah. And that is what that sounds like us. <laughs> so, um, you know, so if I said, okay, I, now we have, we are promoting feminine figures into the top levels of the accounting sector in my company, the accounting department, but we have that balance. So it's masculine and feminine. That's kind of the point I was hoping we'd circle back around to is like, it's not about one or the other. So you're very, very masculine. So you balance all those feminine figures out that are in your company, right? So you're probably keeping your balance. And if you got big enough at a certain point, you'd bring in another masculine yeah. figure at some point. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like, I know where my shortcomings lie. Yes. So, so it's like I don't I don't try to try to mask it. Like I'm great at everything. It's like no. So like, put me in front front of the camera. I can talk all day long. Like I, I can do this. I can do podcasts back to back to back to back to back. Get me on stage. Get me in a school. It's like like that's my strong point. Like I belong yeah. on the front lines. Yeah. But I, I know I need a crew behind the scenes. And women are organized. They're meticulous. They're especially if you get a woman with OCD, you'll you'll never have anything out of place. Never. Do the women in your do the women in your company ever kind of whisper and you're like, what do you think about this idea? Or what do you think about that? Or what did you they give you some radar, a little bit of data in your yeah, ear? Yeah, always, always, always. Yeah. Like with, with my, my gym clients, if we're if we're planning a trip, it's like I do like the legwork of the planning, they piece it together. So So if you have a feminine figure that is providing you with actionable strategic information, just whether she's saying it in a voice that's like yours or she's saying it in a, a, you know, a a smoother tone of voice informally, I say in big companies, you put that the woman who's the feminine figure who's bringing you that real radar for you to fly the plane you put her at the you put her at the board table. You know, you yeah. put her at the leadership table. And companies aren't doing that yeah. because she doesn't act like you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And people don't really. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's about the value. It's about the value. Yes. Bring. Yes. Like, and you said it earlier. It's, it's about working together. You know, like sometimes 
it, it's always like a us versus them. And it doesn't have to be. It's like, this is yeah. my skill set. This is your skill set. Let's blend skill sets, sets and blow this thing up. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and I find that's a that's a problem with with so many things. Like, look at our government. You know, it's like it's like our government. They don't they don't put us first. And I know that's a different topic for for a di- different show. But but they don't put us first. And why? Because the left has their ideals. The right has their ideals. And so when, when they're at the negotiating table to talk about us, they're worried about their ideals mm-hmm. instead 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 of us. And I feel like a lot of corporations struggle with that as well. I mean, I've witnessed it myself in the corporate world. And it's like, yeah. why aren't why aren't we all on the same page here? You know, no, because this wants this, but the union says this. And, you know, it's like, okay, but what about them? <laughs> it's like, we have to focus on them, not, yeah, us, not us. us versus the union, you know? Right. They work for us. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We pay their salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, we pay their salary and they make us ours. <laughs> so, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. All right. So, so what inspired you to write your book? I was in Europe. I had been asked by one of my mentors to help lead a a conference that he was starting to put together called the Global Women's Entrepreneurship Conferences. And I was very honored. I flew over to Spain and and there were, you know, room full of women from around the world. Um, And I got to lead them in just what helped me be successful. I got to create things from scratch. And it shocked me how much value they seem to have gotten out of just me sharing my story and what I'd been through. Yes. Um, to the point where I guess I was used to working with those, you know, women that were kind of in touch with their masculine side. That's not what these women were. They were very like, you know, I own a yoga studio. I, you know, I, I don't know. It was just, it was a different perspective and especially like the international women. So they were very fascinated with how to work with men. I hadn't given it two thoughts. This whole thing, I hadn't given it a thought. I didn't even, I would walk into a meeting and not even recognize myself as a woman and him as a man. I was just there to do business. I wasn't even into the diverse thing, diversity thing, or I didn't, I was embarrassed to put that I was a female owned business on my email signature. And like, why am I promoting that? It should just be based on who's the good supplier, who's the best supplier. So I, I heard from these women, the stories and the struggles and the thoughts that they were having about being in business. And I noticed that it was a distinctly feminine conversation. And um, we had a lot of fun. I mean, we kind of co-created this whole thing. This book got co-created by those women in that group because it was their questions and me framing up my answers to those questions that created the content for the book. And the first outline was uh, the first draft of the book was written when one of the participants said, Hey, I'd like to interview you. And those, those recordings became the first draft of the book. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually went, I went to North Carolina to actually start writing mine. You know, uh, shut up and grind. But like, I actually did up an outline like 11 years ago. Now I want to say, and I did the outline and then it just stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, as I said, yeah. I do all this other stuff. So it's very easy to get sidetracked. I wrote my my book five years ago, so it got published this year, but I wrote the first draft five years ago. Oh, wow. No kidding. See, I was actually inspired by a guest I had on here. She she said that she wrote her book in four days. (laughs) So she said she she asked her husband if she could 
stay stay up the road at a hotel because same, same thing. So she could get in an environment and where she could just write. And I was mm-hmm. like, that that's brilliant, you know. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna at least give it a shot. <laughs> you know? So so I mean, I got I got the the legal stuff done in in the beginning. I got the introduction. I got the dedication. I got the foreword and the first four chapters done. Right on. But but I got a ways to go. But at least I started it, and now I'm on it. You know, so I'm just gonna try to plug away. An hour here, an hour there. You know, might might take maybe another month or so to finish, but mm-hmm. at least I'll, at least I'll have it done. Yeah, and it, it's pretty much like all the things I've been talking about all put together into just one one book. So, and it's not just like about about me. It's just about you know. Just like the pre- the premise of the show, just overcome an obstacle. Just talking about things I've gone through, how I got through it, how you can get through it. You know, through yeah. each through each yeah. chapter. So it's gonna well, be that's good. What, that's what my book's about because that's that's really what I did with those women. Was just say this is how I overcame this. This I mean, I was talking about things like if you would like to start a business, or even if you don't want to start a business, you just want to, you know do a nonprofit, like whatever they were up to a project, you want to do a project. I said, you have to get a nanny. Like I convinced everybody you know, to get it. And that, that came from my mentor. He's the, he was a big promoter of like having support, like having yeah. enough support and then having projects outside your kids so that your kids didn't get all of your attention. Yeah. Cause he said that that would be healthier for them, which I, I know that's for sure true for my kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, they, yeah. they need that, that so- social aspect, like, and that helps, that helps groom their personalities mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, like, like, even though, you know, like I, I have deep conversations with my kids all the time, but like, I'll still set them up. Like I'm, I'm a trainer, I'm a coach, but I, I have my daughter, she's going to be working with one of the coaches at, at the gym, the gym where, where I train. So she can get another perspective. Like there's nothing wrong with getting, with getting another yes. perspective. Yeah. And, like I don't claim to know everything. So if someone else can, can come on like here, like I don't change the, the, the topic of the, of the show it's about overcoming obstacles but you're, you're the 76th one in and everyone brings a different perspective in every yeah. single show you know it's like it's along the same premise but it's always just from like a slightly different angle you know so it's good <laughs> all right so what are you up to now well i have been switching over to instead of corporate housing, which was my first business, I still have that company switched over to land development and I have a partner in that business and we create subdivisions. That's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Learning, learning about that business. And then instead of diversity and feminine, you know, instead of training entrepreneurs or coaching entrepreneurs, I'm now moving into leaders in general, like modern diplomacy, leadership uh, systems. I would love to, make a dent in global leadership, understanding the nature of consciousness and human potential. Mm. That's yeah. my, that's my new jam for the next 10 years. That's my project. I want to train leaders in consciousness. Nice. So, so yeah. what does that, what does that look like? You know, I'm writing a business plan right now. Uh, I, I, I don't do business plans. I actually wrote the, um, all this, the content, the tools, the distribution, the, the website, the mission, and I'm creating a manual. And then at the end, I do the business plan just to kind of, because it's not about the business, it's about the mission, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so I am wrapping that up right now. And I'm going to, next time I talk to you, I'll be able to kind of verbalize it out loud. I'm kind of keeping it to myself right now, but it is, a, it's a combination of probably videos, a manual, 
some trainings and uh, online resources for leaders. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's about bringing leaders into their heart. Yeah. Okay. So if we get out of the lower mind, the ego, the scarcity, the mistrust, the separation, and we go into our heart, we can activate our imagination. And so if you could get presidents of countries and defense ministers and all these people thinking about what's possible instead of always, how are we going to win this? I mean, you can go back to how to win this, but let's, let's have a vision. Let's have it. Let's create a shared vision. And there's some really amazing NGOs on the planet, non-governmental organizations that are working on this. But I would like to bring that, what we now know about uh, the mind and the fact that we're helping co-create our reality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, people have catching up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like people have to realize that this is our computer. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever we tell it, we're going to respond. So like if you tell yourself, oh, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So I can do it. You'll take steps, celebrate those steps. Then it changes everything. And now it shifts to your subconscious mind and that you'll be doing it like second nature. Yeah. And there's a collective computer too, like a collective consciousness too, where we kind of go into an agreement, whether that's, you know, whether our brains are literally in training, but you know, there are conversations and programs that people are born into. And if you shut down possibility in those programs, that child is going to grow up thinking that that is the way it is. So what I want to do is open that back up and have leaders take responsibility for the, what they're generating in their, their stakeholders and their, followers um, with language, particularly. Yep. So I do a keynote that's titled Becoming Who You Are Meant to Be. And the first slide is is a quote that says a child without toxic interference will naturally become who they were born to be. That's it. And they won't go to war. That's it. Yep. It's so true. Like like I was saying earlier, most people, what they're doing now is, is typically something that stemmed from what they wanted to do when they were younger. And a lot of people get thrown off course because either someone talked them out of it or they just didn't believe they can do it. And then now they're doing some form of it. Cause like I said, I want to be on TV. I want to be some type of a performer and doing this kind of scratches a lot of those needs. I've been yeah. on TV, you know, and, and with zoom now I can speak across the world, you know, right here from my office. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, and, and it's amazing. I, I can do this all day long. You know, but there's something that I had dreams of doing when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's something that brings you alive and and activates your enthusiasm. That's the thing to do. For me, I I enjoy speaking as well, but not not so much live radio and TV, more of in in person. I do. I do a lot better in person. Like I'm a completely I'm quite a different facilitator in a room versus like in front of a camera. Yeah. A little bit like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I do, I do pretty well with the camera, yeah. but live, like live, and 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 I like the handheld mics too. I don't like those little Britney oh, yeah. Spears mics. I like the handheld mics. Like, you give me that baby, ooh, tear that room up. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. All right, so um, how can people get get your book? If you just go to my website, I, I know the link that I gave you was too long. It's mandycavanaugh.com. And right when you log in, there's there's a you can click on bn.com or amazon.com. Or you can go to Amazon, look it up by my name because it has a curse word in the title. Uh, they won't let you look it up by the title. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> my publisher didn't know that when they recommended this title. But um, it's mandycavanaugh.com. And then you can just go straight from there and order it on Amazon. And so what do you think? 
what do you think? I mean, obviously you, you can't assume what people's takeaway will, will be, but what do you think the biggest takeaway is from the book? Ooh, I think it's going to help people who are in corporate jobs. Uh, they're going to maybe decide, you know, either A, they, I am an entrepreneur, I'm going to do this, or B, no, I don't think I want to do that. I'm going to stay right where I am. It'll help you decide. Um, for people who are an entrepreneur, it's going to help them have a more high-performing team. They're going to notice what, where they've been struggling and what to do about it. Not like a business book would tell you, but like from this perspective that we've been talking about. Like I'm, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to help people run a more high performance team and then be more lit up at work and about their, you know, have the different domains of their lives working. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, th I think it goes back to, uh, I don't re remember the name of the guy that wrote the book, but the men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Some, something like that. But just, yeah. under, just understanding that we're different and it's okay to be different. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. It's like, you know, it's like you don't have to do it exactly what I do. I don't have to exactly do what you do. Yeah. You take the best of me, combine it with the best of you and we rock life. <laughs> I, I was really surprised that most of the positive feedback, the most positive feedback I've gotten from this book has been men. I mean, they had no idea. It opened up a whole world. And and I had one guy say, you, you could have just made this a business book for anybody. And I said, well, there's enough of those. So you've got to at least... Have it. They, they tell you you have to have a niche. And I thought 50% of the population isn't much of a niche, but that's what I'll do. That, that, <laughs> that helps. So thank you. My, yeah. my, my pleasure. I mean, you got to figure there's 7 billion people in the world. Yeah. Right? So it's like 50% of that is still a whole lot of people. <laughs> it is a lot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a lot of people. And, so. and then you want to be an audience. So, so the subtitle of the book is how it, it's F the glass ceiling. Um, start at the top and stay there as a feminine entrepreneur. And the reason I said, and stay there is because there's also a glass, it's not a glass ceiling. It's a glass cliff for entrepreneurs. So uh, this is, I'm going to sum up like what I'd really love for people to get out of the book is if you're a feminine entrepreneur, you read the book, it'll help you stay in the game. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Like even with, with mine, you know, like you said, there's many, Many books out there teaching people how to become better speakers and and everything. And but like when you hear when you hear "shut up and grind," it, it just sticks with. Like some woman hired me because of the name. Like I was actually on someone else's podcast. Well, it was like a, a podcast panel, and I always have this graphic up. And she's like, "What does shut up and grind mean?" And so I was just explaining to her, and she's like, "Oh, so I think I want to talk to you after the show, you know." But like just like the, just the name is catchy. You know, it's catchy rather than just another mindset book or another coaching book. I didn't have to look. I, I didn't have to look up because I know what that means. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like, okay. I know what yeah. this podcast is going to be about. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just a, just a no excuses approach to, yeah. to success, and and a lot of it stems back because people always ask me how I came up with that. It, it goes back to athletics, you know. Mm -hmm. So when when like natural talent will take you so far. Then right. at some point you got to put extra work in. So it's about your friend saying, Hey, we're going to go play, play manhunt. You want to come I'll be like, no, I got to finish this workout. Or, you know, it's about just being, being disciplined. So I wasn't track and field. So it's not like, you know, playing basketball where like one dominant person can score 35 points. You can score three and your, your team still wins. Mm -hmm. So like track and field, like you, you have to be in tip top shape to get through your event. 
You have to be thinking clearly. You have to be clear too. Yes. It's all about your thinking too. Yes. You got to have the vision. You Mm got to have the belief in yourself. You know, you got to have the work ethic. You got to have the consistency. You got to have the discipline. And then I just transferred that to when I, to when I started managing, you know, like I was coaching, coaching my, my staff with that, with those same principles. And then when I shifted over into fitness, same thing. I just shifted those principles over to helping people. If you want to lose weight, here's the process. If you want to gain muscle, here's the process. And and then now into coaching, I just shifted over again. <laughs> and like, here's the process. So with Shut Up and Grind, it's it's nothing that I like created. It's just something that I did. And I just applied it into different niches because it, it works. And now yeah. with, the, with the grind, it's global. It's global. It doesn't matter where you are, what gender you are, what language you speak, where you live, what color you are. The grind is, it has to be present if you want success. It's just how it is. I can't wait to read your book. Thank you. Appreciate that. Nice. So any final words for us? No, I just, um, I've enjoyed it. And I, uh, I'm here. If you ever want to talk again, talk more. And, you know, if you're having obstacles and you're thinking about starting a business, I recommend you, you push through them and you do it because a business is a great place to, to play to your, your strengths and build a team around your weaknesses. And it's, it's just, uh, it's a great starting a business is what we need now in the economy. It's a great way to have a spiritual path you know, a, a way to organize yourself and the shut up and grind philosophy. Um, when you're, when you're grinding and you're focused on your, your business that lights you up, you're not, you don't have time to sit around and complain about the government or anything else. So true. Yeah. And the money will come. See, and that's what I say all the time. I say, don't chase money, chase the impact. Like what impact do you want to leave? on the world and, and doing these here, this is, this is how you become immortal. <laughs> you know, like I, cause I don't, I don't think the internet or YouTube's going anywhere, yeah. you know? So these, these videos are going to stay forever. Yeah. You know, well, generations. You, know, you know, five years from now, your video, your, one of your videos might really make a difference with somebody that comes across it. So we're all doing this to be in service. Right. So, yes. Like I watched, I watched the video. I don't remember about what, just, just a few days ago. And the, the video was from 11 years ago, you know, and it still popped up and that was the one that resonated with me, you know? So it's like doing this goes far beyond getting paid. Like it's about impact. It's like, who, like, who do you, who do you want? Like, what, what are you passionate about? But who do you want to work with? You know, so like with, with this, with this speech, I can give the same keynote speech to a bunch of high school teens, to in, inner city youth. I can give it to working moms. I can give it to athletes, male or female or whatever. I know this this time when we got to be, you know, walk on eggshells with the gender talk. But, you know, male or female. And it can really go against anywhere. Aspiring entrepreneurs, established mm-hmm. business owners. It's, yeah. it's the I same. Like the process oriented. You have a process and it works. Yes. It's very important. Yes. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's funny too, because it's not, it's not a process that I created. It's, like it's just something that I did. It came and out so, of your intuition. Yeah. So I just started writing it down. I was like, you know what? I said, I can make something out of this. So like I, I created a digital course that I have on uh, mastermind.com. And it's just those seven steps that can be applied said to any, any industry. Like if you want to scale, we got to start here. Then you got to do this, 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 mm-hmm. this. And, like I said, it's for any anything that's task oriented that those seven steps apply to. 
Wow. I want to see this. <laughs> awesome. Where do I go? Where do I go to find this? <laughs> you can, I, um, I can, no, I'll send you the, uh, I'll send you the, the work. Okay. All right. Let me, let me jot that down. So I don't, I don't forget to send it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been a really great conversation. Thank you for uh, taking the time. I appreciate it, Rob. It was a lot of fun. Yes, Thanks. it was. All right. Don't, don't sign off yet though. Okay. Please. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All right. So that was Mandy joining us again. We covered a wide variety of topics here, which I said that before we started that we were probably going to. So, you know, the biggest ones about about diversity in the workplace, but, but as always, it's about knowing who you are, like knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, that is what's going to overall decide your path. And so as she was saying, if you want to become a business owner, just think like, Becoming a business owner doesn't mean you have to have $50 million in sales and a team of 500 people. Like You can just do it just the way you can replace your current income, and then you can have your time freedom. That way you control when you go on vacation. You control what what you do. And, And if you can do it remotely, even better. As I said, I did my show from North Carolina the other day. I I filmed from from the beach. I filmed from a mountain. You know, it's like you, you can make something that's yours and that can't be taken away from you. Like that's when you have freedom. Like last year, you know, the government closed my gym because of because of COVID. This they can't touch. This is mine. Even if they shut down YouTube, I'll put it on a personal website. Like it's mine. You know what I mean? So just think about that. If if that's something that you have resonating in your heart that you want to do, reach out. There's people that can help you. So find people who are doing it. And stop listening to your friends who tell you that you're chasing a dream, the ones that aren't doing it. Okay, come to those of us that can help you. So that concludes episode number 76. I'll be back on Sunday, 11 a.m. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.